0: I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Senator, nice to be with you today. Let's just start so we know if either of us are going to get sued. This is maybe the first I've ever wanted to be sued. I think it would be hysterical to get sued by Hunter Biden, but unfortunately I never took uh, a piece of that laptop with me anywhere. No one gave it to me. Actually, someone tried to, and I said I didn't want it. I'm kind of regretting that now. Do you do you have the a copy of the hard drive?
1: I, I, I do not. I do not okay. have Hunter's laptop. I've never seen it. Uh, I have seen some of the images on it that have been put on 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 Twitter and on the internet, but but but. Always secondhand, not first. So
0: I don't need to pass you a dollar to be my official lawyer for this one. I'm in the clear.
1: Well, I, I didn't say whether you, you, you know, <laughs> you just asked to be sued. I mean, don't blame anyone if they follow what that, you requested.
0: That's, that's very true. So Hunter comes out. The media goes nuts. They say they love the fact that he's playing offense. I just do want to go back to the Hunter Biden who said he wasn't sure it was his laptop back in the day when he did that big sit down interview. Take a look.
2: Was that your laptop?
0: For real? I don't know. I, I know, but, but you know that's. Is, this is I a, really don't know. Okay. If the answer is that's you don't know yes
2: or no if the laptop. I don't have the
0: I don't know, but now he does know, and he's going to sue everybody, and he's going on offense. Is well, this a so, smart so this strategy? Week he,
1: he, he sent a series of letters. Yeah. Uh, including, he sent a fourteen-page letter to the Department of Justice, addressed to the Assistant Attorney General for National Security, and he's asking the Department of Justice to prosecute um everyone who had access to the laptop and so it says for example john paul MacIsaac. and it says mr MacIsaac isaac has admitted to gaining access to our clients personal computer data without mr biden's consent therefore prosecute him so he wants the laptop repairman prosecuted and then he also wants he says he shared it with third parties so he wants steve bannon prosecuted He wants Rudy Giuliani prosecuted. Now there are a couple of things that are interesting. It's a whole list of people that he wants. Please begin criminal uh, bring these charges. Um, and and this is from a very high-priced lawyer. This is a lawyer who charges probably a couple thousand dollars an hour to write this letter. Um, several points worth noting. Number one, this is the son of the president writing a letter to an individual appointed by the president, the assistant attorney general for national security, who reports to the deputy attorney general appointed by President Biden, who reports to the attorney general appointed by President Biden. So this is the president's son saying, hey, everyone who got their jobs from my dad, I'm asking you through a high-priced lawyer, please bring these criminal cases. Now, I got to say, if you're dealing with accusations of partisan bias at DOJ, and a political double, double standard between Democrats and Republicans, it may not be the best idea in the world to start publicly calling for a political prosecution of the people that are your partisan enemies. That's point number one. Point number two, as you noted, the letter explicitly admits, finally, that this is Hunter's laptop, except then they walked it back. So after they sent the letter and everyone said, well, wait a second, you just admitted it was his laptop. They put out a statement, his lawyer, that says these letters do not confirm Mac Isaacs or other versions of a so-called laptop. They address their conduct of seeking, manipulating, disseminating what they allege to be Mr. Biden's personal data wherever they have claimed to got, have gotten it. So they've gone back to Hunter's answer. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's real, except for the fact that they wrote a whole series of letters all predicated on the, uh, on the claim, you harmed my client by handing his, his laptop over.
0: Well, and everybody in the media was covering this as, okay, he's admitting it's his laptop, but then they also went back to this idea they wanted you to feel sorry for him. Because he's a kid, of the present, leave him alone. He's a drug addict, leave him alone. And, and look, I have the same mentality that, that, that kids of politicians should be off limits. But this is a 54-year-old man. This is someone who is trading off his father's name, who wouldn't have a business without his father's name. I don't think you can go there. And I want to play one of the clips in the media. Again, going back out there today and telling everybody, Feel sorry for Hunter Biden. Be nice to Hunter Biden. Leave Hunter Biden alone. Now, before I do that, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Patriot Mobile. If you've got a cell phone and your cell phone is with big tech, you need to switch to Patriot Mobile. Why? Because when you pay your bill, you'll be supporting conservative causes and organizations that you choose to support. We're talking about the First and the Second Amendment. We're talking about helping support people when it comes to adoptions. We're talking about defending the rights of the unborn. So check out Patriot Mobile. You get to keep your same cell phone. You get to keep your same cell phone number. And usually you save money when you make that switch. So check them out. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. That's PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. PatriotMobile.com slash verdict. And if you're a small business, they have a whole division just dedicated to small business owners, like many of you that are watching, patriotmobile.com slash verdict. Senator, let's let's play this for everybody that's watching. This is MSNBC again saying, feel sorry for Hunter Biden. He should be off limits because he's a kid of the president. Uh, I, I don't think people are going to buy the BS, but take a look how they spin this.
2: The political thing is the, is more opaque to me. And Hunter Biden is of singular, obsessive... I mean, other than the big lie about losing in 2020, I don't know that there's anything more obsessive for Trump. Help me understand. I mean, I I think that if people are being honest, not many people aren't touched by or not many people don't have some window into the disease of addiction, which has afflicted Hunter Biden at various points in his life. Um, Most people understand a president's kids are not um, they're not a president. They haven't stepped into the arena.
1: You know, look, this is actually typical uh, of the talking points that are being used to defend Joe Biden and Nicole Wallace, the host there. She used to be the communications director at a White House in the George W. Bush White House. Yeah. And now Nicole Wallace, whatever she used to believe is gone, is no longer operative. She went to MSNBC. They pay her paycheck. And now she is a hard left flack every day. And what's interesting is what she's doing there. She's operating right there as Joe Biden's communications director. Those are their talking points. And we've talked about this on on this podcast quite a bit. That the issue is not Hunter Biden's addiction. I, I agree addiction is a terrible disease. She's right. right most people, most families have loved ones who, who have wrestled with the demons of addiction. If that, that was all that was going on. This would not be a matter of public concern. And I'll say also, I very strongly agree with the principle that kids are off limits. Hunter Biden is not a kid. He's yeah. a grown man. Uh, if he were a child, this would be very different. But he is not a child. But the, the, the key point when you are making the defense feel sorry for Hunter Biden because of addiction You are trying to shift the topic. The reason this matters is because of Joe Biden's potential corruption. Hunter Biden, for years, made a living, made millions of dollars. This wasn't a small little little thing. This was an ongoing operation selling access to daddy, made millions of dollars from very shady characters, from Ukrainian oligarchs and the communist Chinese government. Not to mention the
0: Russians, too
1: and the reason this is significant is it implicates joe biden in that corruption it's the connections between the two we've talked about the tell what is the tell if you're trying to be a political flack you want to draw a line and separate hunter and joe if you're following the facts you want to look at the connections between hunter and joe she's being a flack right there she's saying It's all about Hunter and his addiction. Leave him alone. She says, I don't even understand why anyone's concerned about this. Well, she does understand.
0: That's why she's doing the whole segment on it. And she even said earlier in that same conversation, she said, well, there's nothing on this laptop that is incriminating to the president. That may be one of the most absurd statements. We have him talking about the money. We have voicemails. We talk about the big guy. We have flights. We have conversations in Mexico. We have conversations in China. We have billions of dollars in loans. We have millions of dollars to defend the people who are being uh, actually charged with crimes in America from China that he was doing business with. We have conversations between the Russian oligarch and the wife of the Moscow mayor, who's tight with Vladimir Putin. We have conversations. We and we've seen this come out. Are you this sure week. you don't have the laptop? Yeah, I don't have the. I don't have the laptop. I just read a lot about it. But you, even and even you look at Burisma. We now know a lot more about that timeline and this document and this email that had these 22 points in it of everything about what was going to happen in Ukraine. Many people believe it could be tied, as you and I talked about in the last podcast, to classified documents. By the way,
1: did you see this? The Washington Post, Glenn Kessler, their fact checker, fact checked us. Really? And they gave us three Pinocchios. Why? Because they said we could not prove that Hunter Biden's email about Ukraine, the 22-point email that we walked through in the the earlier pod, we couldn't prove it came from a vice presidential briefing or classified materials. Now, mind you, we didn't assert that it came from classified materials. We said it has a level of scholarship and erudition that is markedly atypical from anything else Hunter Biden wrote. It reads in the same style with the same level of analysis one typically sees in these briefings. And I said from having read a great many of these briefings that much of this could easily have been classified. All of those are true. Glenn Kessler said, well, we're the Washington Post, damn it, and it is our job To be the press secretary of the White House of the White House. So because you asked and I actually laid out a way to test it. I said, how do you find this out? Well, Joe Biden's briefings from this week, the the week that Hunter Biden was writing the the email, the week before he was Joe Biden was going to Ukraine.
0: Two weeks before his son got the big job, $80,000 a month from Burisma.
1: So it's, it's a limited time. There are briefings. They are in the National Archives. At least they should be. They may be in the Corvette. I don't know. (laughs) But what we called for on this podcast was for the special counsel to pull those briefings and compare them to Hunter Biden's email. I can't do that. I don't have those briefings. By the way, the Washington Post can't do that. They don't have those briefings. So there are three Pinocchio's. I'll tell you this, Ben, if it ends up being proven that they did come from those briefings. I look forward to the Washington Post (laughs) formal retraction, which they won't do. Yes. Because these people kept the Pulitzer for reporting on the bogus Russian corruption story. And they happily display their Pulitzer saying, look, we spread misinformation as well as the New York Times. And we get prizes for it. Yes. You look at this White
0: House now and it does seem that they are at least starting to lose some of the media because either it's self-preservation for them because they don't want to keep looking like total morons, or they're mad at the White House for just misleading them and lying to them as they scream they're being transparent when there's a new raid or uh, new documents found every other day. CBS News, and you got to listen carefully here, they're covering this, they're going to the beach house, and Gail King kind of just knocks them off the bus a little bit here and is like, hey, let's not let them keep getting away with claiming they're transparent. Here it is.
2: They were very public when the FBI searched the Wilmington home, his private residence in Delaware that happened on January 20th. The search we're talking about that we learned about from two sources, that happened back in November. And now we're just learning about it right now. Um, And in terms of the timeline early on, November 2nd was when this all started, this entire ordeal. Roughly 10 documents were found in the Penn Biden Center when President Biden's lawyers were packing things up. Um, They alerted the National Archives, National Archives alerted the Department of Justice, and we now know that the Department of Justice took this seriously enough to um, have the FBI go in and search. keep hearing about transparency, but then you hear stories like this. So it does raise even more questions. Did the FBI find anything else? And what does it mean? That's what we don't know. We don't know if they found anything else. They may have found items that were classified or not classified. Because remember, any records from a vice president or president should all be at the National Archives. I mean, they should all be at the National Archives. Gail
0: King says what she said. You've called for them to go look at the documents in Delaware, yep. uh, at the University of Delaware. You've also said they should be looking at Hunter Biden's office. I don't think there's any way now the White House can separate these two stories.
1: Well, and and you can see the instincts to try to defend the White House, saying things like, you know, they've been through this ordeal. Yeah. And, you know, the, the raid on January 20th, they were they were very clear about it and let us know. But even while they're trying to spin for it, the Justice Department took it very seriously. Y- you see the CBS reporter saying, well, we just heard from two sources there was another raid back in November that they didn't tell us about uh, on the Penn Biden Center and that the FBI went and searched and you saw when when the reporter repeats well this all started when the lawyers were packing up the boxes Ben I've seen some lousy lawyers in my day but I've never seen lawyers who bill, whose billing rates are cheap enough that you use them to pack boxes You only send in the lawyers when you realize, oh, crap, we got a problem. So she's, of course, not skeptical of any of that. But you're right. Gail King comes in and says, wait a second here. They ain't being transparent. Yeah. And you can see even as shameless as the corporate media is in defending this White House, they are getting irritated at the constantly changing story every single day where they keep hiding the truth and then new facts come out and they hide the truth and new facts come out. But at the same time, they're telling everyone how transparent they're being. Take a listen. Yeah. Look at the white house.
2: Yeah, I think we've been pretty transparent from the very beginning with providing information as it uh, occurs throughout this uh, process. You know, we have released probably thousands of words of statements from the president's personal attorney and the White House Counsel's Office about the process that has been undertaken here, uh, that process that has been fully coordinated with the Justice Department uh, as they conduct an ongoing investigation. And we want to be very careful to be respectful of the integrity of that ongoing investigation. And so so I I think that it's important to to understand that as these things develop and as As information develops throughout an investigation, we're trying to get you guys access to as much information as we can.
0: I I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I don't think you do either. And I think the majority of the American people are starting to lose trust in this administration. We saw that in the the poll from YouGov last week.
1: Look, look, his claim is that they've been, quote, fairly transparent. Now that's they've shifted back from very transparent, which is what Corinne Jean-Pierre kept saying. But even fairly transparent, they claim that the first batch of documents was discovered November 2nd, a week before Election Day. You know what they didn't do? Tell any of the American people, tell any reporters, let it be published before the election. So they certainly weren't they weren't fairly transparent. They weren't a little transparent. They were zero transparent. They hid it from the American people before the election. We're just learning now about about the FBI searching the Penn Biden Center back in November. Again, they hid that. November, December, January, and it just now is becoming public. Um, You know, their their spokesperson there says, well, we're coordinating closely with the Justice Department that I actually believe. That's part of the problem, because the Justice Department didn't leak a word of this during any of that period either. They leak like crazy against Donald Trump. But when it comes to protecting this White House, suddenly they are perfect they view their job tragically as political, and that's not what DOJ should be.
0: I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And say the keyword, baby. Hey, Ben Ferguson here. And if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They are dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. So visit LabradorEnergy.com. American energy independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity. And Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas to today.
1: Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.
0: Last question on this. There was a very interesting timeline that we now know a lot more about that when they were looking at his house in Delaware, he happened to be at the beach house for three days. Then all of a sudden, they go to the beach house, they say it was planned and coordinated with the DOJ. They, they keep saying there was no you know warrant needed, we've planned this and coordinated, and then they can't say, well, they didn't find any classified documents at the beach house. And there's a lot of people asking the question, well, no crap, they didn't find any there, they just went there for three days. Knowing apparently they were going to come and search the dead gun place anyway, I saw a lot of people talking that way. Do you think they'd be dumb enough to do that?
1: No, I, I I don't think Joe Biden went and like hid or destroyed classified documents. That that would be spectacularly foolish. That that would be to use the old Watergate adage. It's it, it's not the crime, it's the cover up. Right. You know that would be like you know erasing what was it eighteen minutes of audio tape from the Oval Office that ultimately played the pivotal role in, in bringing Nixon down, I, 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 don't, I don't think the Bidens did that. I think they're sloppy. I think they're messy. And I think they got caught. And then I think there's an awful lot of incompetence. that They just keep getting caught again and again and again and again.
0: Oh, there's two other major issues that I want to talk about, and they deal with China. One deals with strategic oil reserves, and I certainly want to deal with that. Another one deals with an issue that I, I'm going to ask all of our listeners and viewers to get involved in, because it is something that's not been covered by the media. You have been really pushing this issue over the last several days because there's an important meeting coming up in China with an American hostage from Texas. Let's lead off with that because people, and and I'll say this because I think it's important, people need to be calling their congressmen and their senators and the White House, begging and getting this name out there, telling this story, posting articles on social media. He needs our help.
1: Yeah, there's there's a Texan, an American uh, named Mark Swedan, who has been unjustly imprisoned in China for more than 10 years now. And it, it, it is a horrific story. Um, it, it began in 2012 where Mark traveled to China on a business trip. And on November 13th of 2012, he was abducted by China's Public Security Bureau. And a witness to the abduction said that he was abducted because the Chinese government wanted to view the contents of his cell phone. He was accused of being part of a criminal conspiracy to manufacture and sell drugs. Uh, They tried to coerce him into confessing. He refused to confess. Uh, He pleaded not guilty. They had a trial in 2013. He was found guilty. The prosecution at the trial produced no forensic evidence. To back up their allegations, they never found drugs on Mark. They never found drugs in his hotel room. The records in his passport show that he wasn't even in China during the time of the alleged offenses. And the 11 other people they indicted, none of them could identify Mark. Nevertheless, he spent 10 years in jail. And in 2019, a Chinese court formally sentenced him to death. His time in jail has been horrific. Horrific. They confiscated his Bible. They confiscated his rosary because they want to do everything they can to to dampen and undermine faith. His cell is exposed to extreme heat and extreme cold. Uh, He's been deprived of sleep. He's been subjected to, to, to really serious physical abuse. He's lost more than a hundred pounds in jail. And and throughout all of this, by the way, he, he also has been denied access to American diplomats. And so they haven't been able to go go see him. His mother. I've spoken with with his mother a couple of times. She is a a wonderful woman. Catherine Swedan is her name. She lives in Luling, Texas, which is where Mark was born. And Catherine has been fighting for her son for a decade, trying to get him freed. The communist government won't let her speak to him. It's been years since she's been able to speak to him. But she's been praying for him. She's been speaking out. She's been trying to draw attention to get him out. And so this week, I introduced in the Senate a resolution formally calling on the Chinese government to release Mark Svedan and also calling on the biden administration to use every tool at its disposal to secure his release and and the secretary of state tony blinken is going to beijing is going to china in the next couple of days and is going to be meeting with senior chinese officials and my resolution formally calls on the biden administration to use those meetings to try to get mark released my resolution was co-sponsored With John Cornyn, the other senator from Texas, there was an identical resolution introduced in the House uh, by Congressman Cloud, who, who, who introduced it there. And I spoke this week on the Senate floor telling Mark's story. And, you know, one of the points that I made, China tells people they aspire to be a great nation. Great nations don't behave this way. Yeah. Great nations don't hold hostages. Third world dictators take hostages and their treatment of Mark Swadon has been shameful. And so it is my hope that when Tony Blinken is there, that he makes it a priority to press for Mark's release.
0: People need to call their congressmen, They need to call their senators. They need to call the White House. The, you need to get the articles online about him and start posting these on social media because this this goes back to what I refer to as what we saw with Russia recently the M- and the WNBA player. And when the name is out there and people start to talk about it, it gets more pressure and it can grow. That's why I tell people, take our podcast, share it, promote it, tell everybody you know. But there's also a question that people are going to ask, and I'm going to ask you this. In certain situations like this, sometimes media attention can be a bad thing early on. Yeah. And there's a strategic, you know, nature to this. And depending on which country you're dealing with, there's different protocol that usually are followed. There's going to be people that are going to say, why have we not heard about this over the last decade? Why did it take so long for us to get to this point that we're at now? Walk us through how this kind of works,
1: because it's got to be confusing. So the approach you take in a hostage case actually varies quite a bit based on the circumstances. And I've been very active in fighting for the release of a significant number of American hostages held abroad. It's, it's a deep passion of mine. um, and so I've spent 10 years fighting for the release of hostages. In some cases you make the decision that to do so publicly in other cases. And I'd say probably even the majority of cases, you make the decision to do so privately. And it depends upon an assessment of, OK, would the public attention help or hurt in some instances? So there, there have been instances where, you know, I've talked with the U.S. ambassador in the in the country or senior State Department officials. And their judgment is, you know, we're negotiating this, we're making progress and putting public heat and attention on it right now would be counterproductive. There are other times where you just make the individual judgment, okay, public attention would move the ball forward here. And and so, and, and many times I, I'll make those determinations, or my staff will, talking with the families of, of the hostages. And, and it's, you know, you certainly hope what you say doesn't make things worse. I mean, that would be a terrible outcome. There's a reason why, in my floor speech on the Senate floor, what I said was carefully calibrated. What I said on this podcast, there's a reason why I pulled out and used the same language. Because when you're dealing with an active negotiation, you don't want to say anything that screws it up. That screws it up. And so that balance can change. Um, you know, I can tell you, if you go back to the uh, Obama administration, uh, there was a woman in Sudan, Miriam Ibrahim, who had been – who was imprisoned and sentenced to death for the crime of being a Christian. And Miriam had, had two children, um, a little boy and then actually a little girl that she gave birth to in jail in leg irons. Wow. And she was sentenced to receive a hundred lashes and then hang by the neck until dead. And she could avoid that sentence if she renounced Jesus. And it was horrific. It, it was evil. It, it was indefensible. Um, I spoke out on her behalf repeatedly. I spoke about her on the Senate floor, as I just did about Mark Soudan. Um I also tried desperately— to get President Obama to engage, and I couldn't do it. He would not say her name. Uh, Samantha Power, um, who was in his administration, she would say his name, and I tried to get her help to get Obama to say his name, and and Obama would not do it. But ultimately there was enough heat and light and attention put on, on the case that the government of Sudan caved and they released her. They released her, and she came, uh, came to New Hampshire and, 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 and is living in America. And I had a chance to meet her. And Miriam Ibrahim is, is this small woman. She was in her 20s. She's, she's quite young, and she's slight. And I remember asking her, I said, when you were in that jail, when you were with your children— when you were facing death torture and death how did you not give up how did you not lose hope and she looked at me with with this profound sense of peace and she just said to me jesus was with me it's incredible i gotta say it was a wow moment so there are times when public attention can be very helpful There are other times where I've been advised based on the circumstances here, your engaging in public would be counterproductive. And so I don't do it if the judgment is made that in that circumstance, it would be it would be harmful.
0: Talk about the U.N. very quickly. They're also uh, speaking loud about this right now, speaking up. and, And that, I think, tells you that obviously the calculus and the timing has changed here. Uh, and there seems to be kind of a unity right now that we're seeing on this for this opportunity to to say to China, hey, we're all acknowledging what you've done here is wrong. And we're we're all saying it's time to release this individual.
1: No, that's exactly right. The, the United Nations has what's called a working group on arbitrary detention, which is a U.N. group of human rights experts who investigate cases of arbitrary detention all around the world. And they found that Mark was being held in violation of customary international law and international norms and, and uh, in violation of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So you've got the United Nations that has come out for this and said it is unjust and unlawful. And, and I, I'll tell you, I have raised Mark Swedan's case directly with very senior Chinese government officials and have leaned in very hard one-on-one uh, pressing the case. I hope that Tony Blinken, when he's there, does the same thing. And I ha- and I have some reason to be optimistic that he will. Um, but I think the more public encouragement, the more forceful it may be.
0: It's amazing when you think about 10 years, your entire time in the Senate. Yeah. And for him to be in jail in these conditions with the heat and the cold and, and having a jail cell that's in that climate at those times – is just so shocking and sad. So I'm glad that we're getting this out there. People, call your senators, call your congressman, Grab articles about him. Let's make his name uh, well known, and that's going to be what can make a difference here. Let's talk about this other issue, and this is this is something that a lot of people may not realize is happening right now that deals with strategic oil reserves. Obviously, there was a lot of news earlier in the in the last year where strategic oil reserves were released right before the election to artificially lower the price of gas. We also saw that some of that oil went directly on a ship to Chinese communist individuals that had direct ties to Hunter Biden's business dealings. And the big guy, we would assume that would be Joe Biden. And now there's some movement on the Senate on this type of issue.
1: Well, this week I authored and introduced legislation uh, on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and it's bipartisan legislation. So I teamed up with Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia. The bill is the Cruz Manchin bill awesome and what the bill will do if it's passed is make it illegal for the federal government to sell oil from the strategic petroleum reserve to communist china so it just takes china off off the table and what's interesting so there are a bunch of republicans who co-sponsored it with me but there were also a total of five democrats who are on board
0: why is that that's i mean that's kind of shocking we haven't seen this type of you know, kind of cohesion here between Republicans and Democrats on this type of issue in a long time.
1: Well, we haven't. Uh, the the Democrats who joined me, we got Joe Manchin, we have Kirsten Cinema, uh, we have Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire, we have Angus King from Maine, uh, and then we have Michael Bennett from Colorado. So those are the five that have joined it. And so, look, Manchin and Cinema are the two most likely to to break and do bipartisan legislation. But to get Hassan and King and Bennett is encouraging. And I, I don't know. If but you'll we,
0: take it. It's, it. This is awesome.
1: Well, and and listen, Manchin was helpful in that. And, and so I rounded up a bunch of Republicans, uh, coordinated closely with Manchin, who helped round up a bunch of Democrats, my hope is that we'll get a vote on this and pass it. And I, I don't think it's impossible that this bill gets passed, the, 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 that it may well be the fact that you have five Democrats signing on to this right now is an encouraging sign. I'm certainly going to press for it. Uh, and if we could actually get it passed, that, that would be a very good outcome.
0: If this does happen, is this a blow to the White House at all? Is that oh, how sure. they're going to spend this? Sure. Is that this takes away their power to manipulate prices when they need it right for elections?
1: Well, no, not really, because they still have the ability to to deplete the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And I, and I am supportive of additional legislation that would limit the president's ability to engage in political manipulations like Biden did so shamelessly. But I think. The piece of selling to China was particularly indefensible. There's other other legislation, Republican legislation, that's broader. And and in fact, I've co-sponsored that broader legislation. But if we can get China taken off the table, that's worth passing into law. And if it's a bipartisan vote, it will be a result of, of, of Democrats saying, okay. what the White House did here, we can't defend and we want to get some distance from.
0: Lastly, there was a letter sent and OAN was kicked off DirecTV. Now Newsmax, they say, oh, we had a fight over fees. They're now gone. You, there's been a letter that you've been a part of now that is saying, hey, this looks like you're just trying to cancel conservative media. Uh, And, of course, they claim, well, we're going to fight back and and show you guys transparently that this is Newsmax's fault, that you can't watch him anymore, not our fault. Give everybody a recap of that letter.
1: Yeah. So this is a letter I wrote. um, And I am, as of this week... The ranking member of the Senate Commerce Committee.
0: Congratulations, well, by the way. Well, thank you. That's, so, a, bi- that's a really big deal, and that's it, great for conservative values to have
1: this position. It, it, it is the top Republican spot on the Senate Commerce Committee. Um, the Commerce Committee has jurisdiction over roughly half of the U.S. economy. And so, and, and we also have a, a very significant staff that I'm in the process of hiring up right now um, who prepared this letter, who wrote this letter. Uh, The Commerce Committee has jurisdiction over agencies like the Federal Communications Commission, the FTC. Um, When it comes to media and censorship, the Commerce Committee has – that falls directly under our authority. The other committee that has major authority on that is the Judiciary Committee. I serve on that committee as well. The ranking member on the Judiciary Committee is Lindsey Graham. Yeah. So I went to Lindsay, and Lindsay and I co-authored this letter together. So it's from the ranking member of Commerce and the ranking member of Judiciary.
0: And that's significant. Any company that gets this letter, they're going to take it seriously.
1: Yes. Uh, and then also Mike Lee and Tom Cotton both signed the letter as well. They, they were both very interested in the issue. And what happened, so DirecTV, um, all right, let's, let's back up. A year ago. The three biggest cable news networks that were right of center were Fox News, Newsmax, and One America News, in in that order in terms of ratings. A year ago, Democrat members of Congress wrote to AT&T, which owns DirecTV, owns 70% of DirecTV, Texas Pacific owns the other 30%. Democrat members of Congress wrote to, to the CEO of AT&T and said, please throw off air Fox News, Newsmax and One America News. We don't like what they're saying. We call it misinformation, which is the Democrat code word for seeking censorship. So they asked the CEO of AT&T to throw them off.
0: And, off and this air. wasn't a hidden letter. People need to understand this was very out in the open, oh, transparent. They put by out them. press releases. Yeah, it they were public. they were wanting this fight. Yes.
1: In the year that followed. DirecTV has now thrown off the air two of the three. So about a year ago, they threw One What America News off. I thought that was a terrible decision. I spoke out against it then. I think in many ways that may have been a trial balloon for what they just did last week, which was to throw Newsmax off the air. And so now two of the three have been deplatformed. And so what my letter does is it lays out those facts. And in particular, there was a negotiation between Newsmax and DirecTV where Newsmax was trying to get paid for its content. And not a crazy idea, by the way. Well, although I will say in in the cable and satellite world, some channels get paid and some don't. And it depends on how big your market is. Um, In fact, there are some channels that pay the carrier to carry those that channel. So. It's not crazy, but it's not necessarily damning. Uh, Newsmax was making the case they wanted to be paid um, because their ratings were high enough that it merited it. DirecTV said no. Newsmax has made the allegation that, that DirecTV pays a number of other channels that are left of center and have much lower ratings than Newsmax. So what this letter does is is it asks a whole series of questions. It asks them, number one, to preserve all their documents, and then it walks through very specific questions about why they terminated Newsmax. Is it true they said they were not not going to pay them a penny? Is it true that they pay liberal stations that have lower ratings money but they won't pay them? And so it walks them through systematically – um, I will say I have subsequently had, uh, had a long phone conversation with the CEO of, of DirecTV. Um, he disputed the facts. He said the facts that Newsmax had conveyed were not accurate. And I'll tell you what I told him. I said, Look, I, I understand and appreciate that. I've been, before I was in the Senate, I was a practicing litigator for a long time. I've, I've handled a lot of cases. And I understand that, that any dispute, there's always at least two sides to it so I told him, listen, there's a reason we ask these questions. I'm interested in what the facts are. And if the facts as they've been conveyed are not accurate, I'm interested in seeing that. And, And I will say DirecTV committed to giving full and candid and real answers to the questions. And so we'll see what those answers are. But The
0: goal is transparency at this point. Know how they got from point A to point B. And is this about silencing conservatives or was this just really about business?
1: And listen, the goal is also a couple of other things. The goal is also one of the things I ask for is any communication they've had or their corporate owners have had with Democrat members of Congress or with the White House or with the administration. We know from the Twitter files this White House is quite eager to silence people. I, w- I want to see any communications that have happened with Democrats. Um, but I also told him straight out, I said, look, the outcome I'd like to see, I'd like to see Newsmax back, back on the air. Um, and they are on other carriers, but DirecTV is a pretty big carrier, and they lost a whole bunch of households when they got pulled down from DirecTV. And I said, listen, there are millions of Texans and millions of Americans who would like the choice, who would like the option to be able to watch Newsmax. There are a ton of choices left of center. There are only a handful right of center. And one of the things I made very clear also, I said, listen, if you disagree with what Newsmax says or OAN says or Fox News says, there's a remedy for that. You can say you disagree with it. You can. The best cure for bad speech is more speech. Look, we played MSNBC. I think most of what MSNBC says is utter nonsense. But I don't want them censored. I don't want them pulled down. They have a right to spew their nonsense. If nothing else, they help support podcasts like this (laughs) because they give us easy (laughs) piñatas to tee off Great material, yeah. So the answer, if you disagree, is engage on the substance and actually present the argument. It's not use corporate power and money To silence the voices you disagree with and so what I hope comes from this is that we learn more what happened we learn the extent to which Democrat politicians were involved we know of the opening letter that that at the beginning of this we don't know if there were subsequent communications but I also hope that this scrutiny and it's our intention to drill down and investigate what happened here we hope that 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 this scrutiny causes them to revisit the decision and say you know what our viewers are better off having the choice to watch Newsmax if they want than they are not having that choice. that's that's the outcome. I'd that's like the goal.
0: It's fun to get to hear what's going on in d c. This is exactly why we do this podcast. For all of you that are watching, thank you. Don't forget, we have two audio versions of the show that come out each week. We publish Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So make sure you download our podcast and that subscribe button. Uh, Tell your family and friends, don't forget to make those phone calls this week, especially on behalf of this American hostage in China. And let's make sure that everybody knows that story. So share our podcast as well to let other people know that. Write us a five-star review, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
1: apply. See website for details.
2: I'm Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley.